one of the areas that has been most affected or perhaps even altered by everything that we're living right now is that of education, schools. I'm sure those in our school can certainly attest to that, all the changes that you have to put up with, all the changes that you have had to adapt to, even parents. But it's widespread. From the littlest little ones to universities, colleges, and all of that in between. On the local radio the other day, the reporter was interviewing students from a school of theater. One of the students gave a very interesting response to the question, how has this affected you, having to take all of the theater classes remotely? Especially in the situation where so much of theater depends so much on being with people, exchanging lines, pretty much the dynamic of acting. I think her response was very telling. She said, in a way, we've been prepared and somewhat good at adapting to this change. Because as students of theater, we are constantly having to change the tack to respond to things that don't go as planned. Whether it's the lights going out in the theater, the costume ripping, the co-actor forgetting his lines, etc. And she continued, we're used to keeping very central the idea that the show must go on. In a way, I relate to that because even when we mess up in the liturgy at Mass, we have to continue with whatever we are doing with, with the celebration of Mass. Uh, mass is to continue uh, regardless of any mess-ups that we do. But it is precisely a similar principle that can guide us in the middle of, of all of this. Not necessarily in the literal sense that the show must go on, but in the conviction. The core, unchangeable reality that the Lord is with us. There are two ways that I think we have to keep very central in our way of looking at the world and responding to all of the changes and the unexpectedness that is around us. First, to be convicted that the Lord is within each and every one of us who have been reborn through baptism and becoming temples of the Holy Spirit. On that day, the most important day of our lives, which for me, I believe it was March 12, 1989, that was baptized, we became filled with the Holy Spirit. God himself dwelt and dwells in us, and nothing can change that. Short of my own desire to say no to that, and that's what we call sin. No outside force. No pandemic, no virus, no government, no program, nothing can take away that reality. Being baptized in Christ, being filled by the Holy Spirit, being called sons and daughters of God, nothing can take away that reality. The Holy Spirit dwell, dwells within me and within you. Whether I can come to church or not, whether I can receive the Eucharist or not, Fundamentally, that is unchanged. And that is important because when the script change, change occurs, oh, I can't worship as I used to. 
This has taken, been taken away from me. And yet, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell within us when we don't come to church or when we do not receive the Eucharist. We're making that sacrifice and we're yearning for that because we're part of that. The Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, yes. And yet the Holy Spirit continues to dwell within each and every one of us. Be still and know that I am God. Lord, that is enough for now. For now. And the second part is to recognize that as I am convicted that the Holy Spirit is within me, to be attentive to the Holy Spirit acting around me, and especially in ways that do not follow the script. We have a perfect example of that in today's first reading. Remember, when Christ came and walked this earth, and he gathered his disciples and the twelve apostles and those closest to him, it was by and large a Jewish milieu, those who consider themselves the chosen people descended from all of those patriarchs and prophets. And in today's first reading, we hear who starts to all of a sudden become part of that group to accept Christ. In other words, where has the Holy Spirit been working and moving and transforming people's hearts? In the Samaritans. Those people who didn't have the pedigree. Oh, they don't come from the right family. You're not one of the right ones in the lineage. And what was the response of the apostles? It was not, certainly, oh, them. No, it can't be. They did not sign up to play in this picture. That was not their response. Their response was, and continues to be through us, let us go with them, let us send them the apostles, so that the Holy Spirit may come more fully upon them. Early in his papacy, Pope Francis told a group of missionaries preparing to go to far-off lands to remember that the Holy Spirit was there before they got there. The Pope went on to say to them that they were to be curious and on the lookout for where the Spirit was already at work. And that's sometimes what we, even priests, when we come into parishes, we have to be on the lookout to see where the Spirit is already at work. And I think that is the key thing that we have to keep in mind in the middle of all this. How is the Holy Spirit being with us in unexpected ways, in surprising ways, in ways that may challenge, oh wait, that's not in the script. If we do that, we'll acknowledge yes, but we'll have to face tremendous wardrobe malfunctions, let's call it like that, lighting issues, script changes, but our show must go on. Not some kind of performance, but the conviction that God continues to dwell within me, within you, within all of us. And if we live that, we live the words that Christ has just spoken to us. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you.
We may not be able to see Christ very clearly, but when people see us, then the whole world will see that Christ is very much alive. Sometimes we do not even see how the Holy Spirit is working even through us. And yet when people see us, they see Christ many times. His great act of love, this way, tells us also that Christ continues to work, that his love continues to take place.